As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's the super duper spoiler show for you there. Very nice. I love it. It's the new spoiler theme song. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, spoiler cast uh, for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Uh, we just finished up the podcast proper. That is correct. With our friend Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy. And Still here with us. Thank you. you haven't kicked me out yet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't left yet. Thanks for... <laughs> you're, That's just, how we... you're just too polite to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just thinking like we would annoy you that oh. you would leave. Oh, please. This is the delight. Yay. Um, well, if we're done loving on each other, uh, we can move on to the actual spoilers of the movie. Let's have a podcast hug. Uh, I I am really excited to talk spoilers with Me this too. one. I there's so much to kind of get into. And okay, okay, but can we? Do we have to start off with like the plot? Go ahead. If you yeah, if you can do a quick rundown of the plot. Okay. So you're barely sitting in that stool. I know. I'm so excited. So. In this one, uh, Tom Cruise is trying to take down the syndicate. Mm -hmm. That's the well, main kind of thing. Well, he's trying to prove thing. they exist. Right. Yeah. Nobody Simul believes him. Simultaneously proving that they exist. And uh, what's the main group? I am IMF. Impossible IMF. Mission Force. Thanks. Jinx. <laughs> Go see it. <laughs> I was going to say it's a great documentary. <laughs> I am IMF uh, is absorbed by the CIA for their shenanigans. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So right off the bat, that's the kind of the first thing that happens. Shut them down. It's great. Great plot. It makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. So what that means, though, is that because Tom was kind of out on a mission, or Ethan, whatever you want to call him, Ethan Hunt, is out on a mission, uh, he calls in to get extracted because he's hit some, he's hit a snag, a pretty major one, because the syndicate shows up all up in his face, mm -hmm. says, not only yes, do I exist, but I'm going to make your life really difficult right now. And how fun was that, that you thought it was his getting him getting his mission, which happens in every Mission Impossible movie, mm -hmm. and it's actually Should coming from the, the villain. Yeah, the oh, villain so good. figured out Love how it. to get a hold of him. And so right at the very beginning of this movie, he's actually captured, and uh, that's sort of how the movie kicks off. But when he escapes his capture, which we'll kind of maybe get into that here in just a second, uh, he calls to his IMF team who informs him that he's basically on his own. And so then we fast forward six months and we kind of see that he's continued to try to have this mission completed by finding out who the syndicate is, prove who they are and save the day. I love the fact that the six months forward and you see like bearded Tom Cruise like doing push ups and that kind of stuff. I also love and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. 
There was no beard shaving scene, right? No. no. I love that because there's always the beard shaving scene. There's <laughs> oh, always, the montage. Yeah, there's uh, always the montage. I'm back in the game. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of those things where they, they kind of skip over what they usually go to. They like let you assume oh, some I things. Think it's, which, I think it's really smart. It's very another, mature. Another thing I'll mention is just because, you know, a lot of times the spoiler stuff is kind of top of the head kind of stuff. You mentioned him getting, you know, caught at the beginning in, in that booth. The way this movie plays with closed-in spaces and breathing and, and the symmetry of him being in that booth with the smoke even, coming up and then how they that. how they trap the bad guy at the end in that booth with the smoke. Like, it is... Well, I saw the symmetry of the way that the, at the very beginning how, you know, Ethan is captured and at the end how they end up capturing this the This is a guy, movie but... about not being able to catch your breath. This is a movie about breathing. And I, I just, I love that it's smart enough to weave that theme into so much of what it does. When you were a kid, did you ever do that? thing you tried to hold your breath oh the, for sure so did not even want to attempt it on this one no. you gotta hold your breath for at least three minutes I'm like i'm out yeah <laughs> no i'm not even gonna try when when ethan jumps into the water i was sitting in the theater thinking how many people just <laughs> held their breath like you could almost hear it everyone goes <gasps> two, two and a half minutes later half of the audience has passed out yeah. <laughs> what happened why is everybody's head down i love that i love that he didn't come out of it like okay let's go get him he was, as when they brought him back, he was groggy. He was like delusional. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. Yeah. Although I do have a dilemma with the whole defibrillator thing. Where did we'll, it come from? Where did that even come from? So the that scene we're talking about is one we haven't even mentioned, and that's an underwater thing where he has to hold his breath and do this this task and that kind of thing. And uh, one of the things I loved about that is that he fails. He yeah. fails his task. He died. Not, not just in, in uh, yeah, he dies, yeah. And, but is saved by this this woman. And but We're not quite sure if she's yes or no, but then after this, she's pretty yes, but then immediately no again. So she's very complex. The movie, I don't think the movie shaded that is as much as a lot of movies do. I think it was pretty straightforward that she was going to be good by the end of the movie. Can I skip ahead? Of course. Because it's a spoiler. I am so glad that they didn't kill her. Yeah. Because I thought, also a major spoiler, which is why you're here. You're listening to spoilers <laughs> for a reason. Knife fight. I was like, oh, she's going down. Oh, the giant Norse you man. Know? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this is like the perfect setup because you're walking in. There's all these columns and then this kind of lit in the background. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can totally envision this. Tom comes upon her dying mm-hmm. body. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's interesting. You know? I didn't think they were going to kill her. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't foresee that either. I was hoping that it wasn't going to happen. I was like, if it's going to happen, here we go. You know, and it didn't happen. Not only that, but she took him out. It was awesome. Yeah. No, there, there's, there's a lot of great moments. When do we see knife fights anymore? I don't know. That was intense. That was a good one. That was an intense knife fight when she's kind of hunting him. Last good knife fight I saw was the hunt. I think it was called or the hunted. It was a Benicio del Toro, Tommy Lee Jones movie. Movie wasn't good, but good knife fights. Knife fights are, man. Here, that's ugly so were, were you done anyway. kind of getting us through the plot? Like, did you want to? Um, yeah. You can kind of hit anything else, just so well, we kind of know the beats of it. That gets us kind of launched into the beginning part. I mean, as the movie kind of continues on, it's basically how everything kind of comes together and learning who the syndicate is, who's involved in the syndicate, how they all play a role, and then everyone trying to come back in and either work together or figure out whether they're together or against each other. And plotting wise, it's. I thought it was really structured well. Like I, I felt too. like you really understood. Okay, this this was a British secret agency that went rogue 
And like it didn't seem all that complicated to try to figure out. Well, it wasn't complicated to figure out. But if you go at it from the character's perspective, like if I was going to try to recap this for anybody and go from a character perspective, I would have a really terrible time because it would be like, first of all, I don't remember people's names. So then I'd be like, okay, so CIA guy is against Hawkeye. Um, and Hawkeye and I don't whatever the other guy's name is that they flew in on the plane. Anyway, there's him. Okay, so anyways, so she she's British, but there's also another guy. They're all dead. They're all dead or missing. And like, how do you even go into it? But when you're watching it in person, it all really seems to make sense, which is really, really good. Everyone kind of has their own way of going into it. Um, like each character has their own developing story. So you've got you know, Ethan, who's trying to figure out who the syndicate is and who's involved and who's at the head. Then you've got, you know, CIA Alec Baldwin trying to figure out where is Ethan in the first place. That's like his mission's very different. Um, then you've got this female lead. Uh, is her name Elsa? I believe it was. Uh, yeah, oh, I think it so. Elsa? Elsa? I couldn't tell. Elsa. I was hoping it wasn't Elsa like Elsa and Anna. <laughs> Let it go. Right. That hit me a couple times. Didn't like that movie. Uh, so, what? Wow. We'll have our Go own podcast. Away. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And that's how we stop being friends with Andrew. I'm and just that's kidding. how Andrew died. Knife <laughs> <laughs> fight. So you've got you've got Elsa and you're trying to figure out hers, and hers is probably maybe you guys would disagree, but the most complex kind of story development as this goes because you know, they don't really do like a lot of exposition for her. You're figuring her out as the movie goes on. Well, they say that the main character, the main protagonist of the movie is the one who changes the most. And I think it's her. I think she is the, the main protagonist protagonist of the movie based on that kind of definition. If it's the person that changes the most, wouldn't it be Alec Baldwin? Because <laughs> he, he goes from hating IMF sure. to... There probably is a little bit of screen time issue with that, but yes. <laughs> well, the problem with the protagonist thing is that it's a five-part film or five there have been five films he's been developing over all right. those films so yeah yeah hers was all Benoit within one no he's film. talking about ethan hunt oh, yeah oh, oh. i'm sorry That's yeah okay. yeah but yeah i think um one thing i always forget and this isn't a spoiler at all i could have mentioned it in the regular i always forget until the opening montage happens that they show scenes from the movie in the opening montage Oh yeah! Every yeah. single Mission Impossible—that's like a thing. And and when it happens, I'm like, oh, that's right. They show clips from the I actual movie that. during during thing. I love it. I hated I think it, it so much. It's so genius. That opening, maybe because you're just not used to it. Oh, I like, hated it. It's just like it was so fast. It was so fast paced. There were so many images being thrown at me mm-hmm. in milliseconds, and I hated. It. I absolutely hated it. No, the lit fuse uh-huh. going. It just brings me back to when I was a kid watching the original. Yeah. 1996. Because there's something about that that is that's almost subversive. You know, it's almost like yeah, yeah we're going to show you parts of the movie even before we start it. And it's you nothing know? you haven't seen in the trailers. Well, yeah. see, I didn't watch the trailers in depth. There's just certain like pictures. Well, I it saw. doesn't give anything away. I don't yeah. think there are any spoilers in there. It's just it's just interesting the flashes they choose to have. But the opening intro mon- credits. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like that, and I didn't I, I didn't know that I I don't know that I minded them showing me like little clips and little clever things. It said it was so much. It was like it was totally too much sensory overload. It was like. A meth addict doing a scrapbook that had access to a digital computer. (laughs) What? It was insane. I I was very, very unnerved by that. Here's here's been my experience with the other movies, and I imagine it'll be the same with this. I love that even more the second time. Like the second time watching it and going, oh, that's when that is. Oh, that's from then. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Because I saw like I saw in the opening montage that there was the um there's the part so of course they have to, you know, break into this high security thing Mm -hmm. and 
there's like this multi-complexity to it. They've got to, you know, get into the water part over here so that simultaneously over here, somebody can access this particular file. So it's very complex. And that's kind of the fun thing that Mission Impossible does. Um, but there's a particular part where someone's got to walk down a corridor and they, uh, in order to confirm their identity, they have to be walking in a particular pattern that's already been loaded into the computer. Yeah. And gate analysis. That that little gate analysis is in the beginning montage. And I remember seeing it going, that's probably, oh, I'm seeing stuff that's going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't mind it because it was so fast. You know what it reminds me of, Aaron? What? Earlier this week, we were talking about food cravings mm-hmm. and how if you want to, uh, if you want to lessen your food craving, you have really disgusting pictures shown to you for like less than a particular time. Like it was like a millisecond, like a millisecond or something yeah. like that. And so like if you see like a picture of like a gross wound or something and then you look at ice cream, like you're not as likely to crave Even if you don't realize cream. you saw the picture. So it's like subliminal. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Subliminal aversion. But yeah. it won't necessarily stay in your mind like it would if you looked at it for a second. Yeah. So I, that is interesting that that's probably part of what they did. I just didn't like how they did it. It was just there was too much going interesting, on. Interesting. Interesting. That is interesting because I'm in the middle between both of you. Whenever the montage ended and the movie started, I didn't remember a single thing from like the quick clips that they showed. I remember I, what's in there. I remember her walking up the stairs was in there. I don't remember that part. Um, I remember the electronic eyeball was in there. I, I remember which, that. by yes. the way, another example of the movie not like being. And this is how the eyeball thing works. You just got it. You just yeah. understood they were wearing those contacts and that allowed him to see yeah. through their eyes. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't feel like they had to explain well, it. And I love how that tech, particularly that tech, and this is another way they smartly made the movie, the contact tech made several appearances in the movie, mm-hmm. but it was never like the highlight. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's clearly like such an important role. Oh man, let's talk about that. Him sitting there on that bomb. So great. With the, I oh. mean, that was so intense. So this is the finale. This, this is, is the, the final scene. scene. This is how it's all going to go down. Whew. And uh, I've never seen that. The Simon Pegg on the bomb part? or No, like where he is. He's the puppet. Oh. I've never seen. Oh, that's funny. That was a whole, I've never that was a seen whole that. episode of Sherlock. BBC yeah. Sherlock. Oh, Wasn't really? that what that was from? It was from. Oh, I've seen it on. I don't know if it was from. That, yeah, but yeah, they did where, a, uh, one of their, Moriarty put. Uh, what's his face? Oh, up. and it's it was creepy, and he did it like five different times with five different oh, people. Oh man, that's. And, I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember having seen anything quite like that before. But you're right. That there is something really creepy about that, and the, and I love the fact that after he's like, he's like he says something about you know them dying or whatever. And he's like, by the way, this is me talking now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. Man, Simon Pegg is just so lovable even in situations yeah where with that are like intense and you're supposed to be terrified you're like oh he still got it <laughs> so that takes me to one of the specific scenes i wanted to mention mm-hmm. and maybe we can each pick something spoiler wise that you know okay. we wanted to bring out but okay. for me i wanted to talk about that scene with him and tom cruise where tom's like okay you need to go back to work you need to go do this thing and and simon Pegg like gets like stern with tom cruise it is perfect like the the execution of that scene is just like because everybody in the audience is like what is going on what is he doing is this like is is tom buying this is this really getting through is he really doing this and you can tell by the time he gets the end of this long speech where he's just laying into tom about how he's his friend and he's going to stay with him and all this stuff 
that it's just this like you don't get to decide for me right this beautiful relationship between them and and just the smile on cruz's face and he's like okay all right yeah and they move on yeah that's how it ended i loved that i just i thought that was beautiful my favorite is it simon Mm -hmm. yes was at the end of the crash look out Yeah, the entire IMAX theater erupted in laughter. Oh man! But just how he like pops awake, (laughs) you know? He's like, he's all like, the car is upside down. His head's at this really odd angle. I mean, Tom shouldn't have been driving. Let's all agree, he had just died. He shouldn't have been driving. He wasn't in his right frame of mind when he jumps over the car. I mean, the the whole like lead into this chase was just so humorous and humor filled. And then he's just like. Like he's just there and he's obviously passed out. And then all of a sudden he just comes to and he just blurts out, Look out! <laughs> Look out! <laughs> uh, but his face, it was so good. I love that part. What about you, Andrew? What's uh, something spoiler wise you wanted to chat about? I have three negative critiques. Okay. First one was the car crash. I thought the car crash looked very fake. Like how it was just like boing, boing, over, boing, yeah. boing. I'm like, Okay, yeah, you can stop. We get it. It's crashing. I thought that just... it was like a slinky of cars. And just exactly, kind of, yeah. It was just it stayed on the same horizontal plane instead exactly. of doing kind of you know spinning in different it ways. It bounced and... on bumper, then mm-hmm. bumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bu- yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Did you like the inside of the car though? Being able to see kind that, of that looked kind good. Of... It's just the actual like I didn't think that looked good. Another thing, and this is going to sound really nitpicky, and I'm going to apologize. There's the scene where they're breaking in to the building to jump into the silo with the water and stuff. He puts a thing on the glass and I'm like, oh, is this gonna like expand the glass so they can sneak in? All I did was break the glass. I'm like, punch the glass. You don't need this $50,000 machine to break the glass with sound. Punch it. Use your strength. Yeah. My, my third and final critique of the film is the lack of consistency on what these people are able to do. Their abilities, like their super strength in one scene didn't go to the next scene. There was this scene where Ethan Hunt is able to hold on to a plane, superhuman strength. And then there was a scene where he's fighting a guy and he's getting his his butt whooped. I almost cursed on your PG. (laughs) Where he's getting whooped. And then there's a scene at the very end where they get Sean Harris, the villain, in a box. And he's able to push a giant glass box over with a man in it like it's made of paper mache he just pushes right, it over right. and I'm like uh, just some consistency I would have liked I know those are very very nitpicky things no, but that's that fine. means that means that the movie was so good mm-hmm. I had to look for specific things to I have one like yep. that I have one like that that bothered me it was in the underwater scene <clears throat> and here's this man who is like you said superhuman in so many ways he can dodge all these things he knows what's going on around him and yet somehow in a situation where he knows this thing is spinning around in the water he's already dodged it once or twice yeah he's working on something and it takes him out i didn't like like that either i mean it would be the first thing on his mind would be where is the spinny thing yeah am i wrong about that no no i was right there with you like (laughs) like i I was watching like he's gonna get hit he's gonna get hit look look ethan it's gonna hit you oh you got hit i knew and then he dropped the cards yeah yeah. So that that seemed a little convenient to me. Like of all the things that's going to take him out, I, that would have been first on his mind. Mine on was his checklist. for sure the defibrillator. So she comes in and she saves him from drowning, and then they open up the hatch and all the water rushes out. First of all, I'm, there's things like this throughout the whole movie. It's like, for example, for that one, well, all the water rushing out of that wouldn't that have caused alarms too? Like, wouldn't there be people coming to look? 
like why did all this water come mm-hmm. out because it had to have been open from the inside doesn't that yeah. mean that there would have been a pressure change so yeah. th- there would have been something to kind of alarm people and then they're just you know laying in the scene where they're at the end of this drain pipe uh you know ethan has died she he, like as far as like the movie goes you know he's opening his eyes and looking at a very blurry woman and then it kind of comes to and we realize he's kind of out of it and beside them is a defibrillator yeah. uh, you know a little shocker get get him back to life did they put that there beforehand and even if they had wouldn't the water have washed it away whenever it all came rushing out she couldn't have carried it with her because there wasn't metal allowed in there yeah. so that doesn't make any sense to me and there was a couple of things like that where there was like a really like oh that's very convenient that's very very convenient yeah. so uh right after that scene where she defibrillates him one of my favorite scenes and nobody else they may have caught it, but nobody took note of it, I thought. Um, whenever uh, Simon Pegg walks down the stairs and he's talking like, I knew you could do it, I knew you could do it, and then he saw that his friend had been dead, mm. he realized his friend was mortal. He realized, oh my God, he's a man like me. He can die. I could lose my best friend. And Simon Pegg did a beautiful job of, like, like I was like, wow, you're going to win an Oscar one day. <laughs> <laughs> You're I right, be though. Surprised. There were really good, nice pauses in there where the people that were on film acting together had a really great connection. Yeah. And I think of the people who had like the most connection, it was obviously Ethan and Benji, uh, Simon. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, at the very end when Benji is strapped to a bomb and all this stuff, it's like you let Benji go. So I think if there was really like a true kind of like love, it was that brotherly love that they had experienced. Exactly they had such right. a great bond. And they didn't they didn't displace that into the female role. And I really, really, really appreciate that they did not do that. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to t- I think the only other thing I can think of that's spoilery and then I wanted to go a little further in detail with talked about it briefly in the show itself, because I think it's such an important reason why I love the movie is uh, us knowing what things are going to happen uh, before the characters do, and so that final unmasking, which every Mission Impossible has an unmasking. They only did and, it once. And it's I only once, it. and it's perfect. It's executed it. perfect. Twice. Well, one well, was, was imagination. I imagination. know, but it was still kind of cool that they, they're like, we're going to give this nod. So mm-hmm. the audience might have been, was that, you know, was that the reveal? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. go ahead. So my first question is, uh, when did you know? I'd love to know that. I'd love to talk about when you were in on the joke. And the second part of that is... I don't know, just again saying how amazing it was that Alec Baldwin is giving this huge speech about never knowing where Ethan is. And and the whole audience knows already, even though they haven't shown us, we all know what's coming. And when it happens, (laughs) there was applause, okay? When it happened, there was applause in the theater. That's how well it was executed. So my first uh, my first inkling was when he first approached when Alec Baldwin goes up and approaches him outside. It was right there in that moment. I was like, that's actually Ethan. That, yeah, was the me first, too. that was the first time that I was Not like, me. that's him. And then, though, as it develops, I was like, or maybe he's the prime minister. Or maybe he's, you know, this. Or maybe he's Alec Baldwin. And then, <laughs> and even, so, just so, so I started to move him around as that scene kind of developed. And it was really funny because at the part where I was like, okay, no, it's, he's got to be in this one. Like, I had finally kind of confirmed it for myself. I let myself believe he was Alec Baldwin for like, you know, a little while. And when that was happening, 
right when he started to go into his own speech, I was laughing on the inside because I was like, how funny would it be if that was him giving his own speech? <laughs> <laughs> He's bragging himself yeah. up. Oh, that's great. I, I had a very similar experience. And I think the reason I knew right away is because as soon as... Um, Alec approaches him? No, no, no. Oh. As, as soon as uh, Oops, Jeremy sorry. Renner's character, Brant or Hawkeye or whatever you want to call him, uh, is in the phone booth calling Alec Baldwin. I knew it, it was a ruse. And I knew it was a ruse right then. And so I knew that they were setting Baldwin up. So I figured if they were setting Baldwin up, mm. that that had to be Ethan Hunt, uh, you know, I taking him in there. See, I knew it was a ruse, but I didn't know it was Ethan until he said, don't let anybody in and close that's the door. That's what confirmed it that's for me. That's what I was like. That's Ethan. That's yeah. Ethan. Yeah, and that's when you were like tapped your knees. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I turned into a kid. That was really, really fun. Although, when you're talking about the ruse and setup, for those of us who, like, because I couldn't tell how much of that was a ruse or not. Like when he called, I don't know that I would have been thinking 100. percent Yeah, it was like, huh, that's interesting, because the next scene is where he says you would do anything for a friend. And I was thinking, you know, if he called the CIA to bring them back in without Ethan knowing, it would be because he's trying to save his friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought they, I mean, I thought they did a good job. They of, did a good of job laying of, it between the lines, but I, yeah. I didn't buy it for a second. I, I, I knew that that Brant was on also, Team Hunt the whole way. What's the I was like eighty percent sure. I'm yeah. Like, well, what's the actor's name? Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner has really interesting fingers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Because it I was, get lost in his eyes. I don't look down past his chin. Well, so he's in the phone booth and it's like this. And so his hands are just right there. In fact, you know, everybody's hands are huge in IMAX. Um, Alec Baldwin's head is huge in IMAX. I, mean, I like, just, it's just want like this massive. I just want Sift Pop slash Shoe the Dough to become such a cultural touchstone at some point. Yeah. That at some point in the future, quotes like that from Danae Hughes will be on movie posters. <laughs> I just want you to know, Jeremy Renner has strange fingers. No, they're interesting because, especially in juxtaposition (laughs) to Alec Baldwin's fingers, because they're going back and forth in the scene. Jeremy Renner's, like, his, how do I explain this really quickly? (laughs) Too late. His fingernails, they don't, like, they don't meet his cute, like, his finger and then, like, there's, like, a, it goes up. Uh Uh-huh. It's, like, one curve. Okay. It's a cur- he has just a curve down to the tip of his finger. Like his fingernail is the same curve as the rest of there's no definition. Okay. You have no idea how like I'm looking at my fingers I like know. do I have I, weird I, hands? I don't know. No, what I just I never seen fingers like that before. I I know I I know there's millions of different ways no, that fingers great. are but it was just so interesting i'm like i've never seen fingers i, like that I just before. i really appreciate you not saying that in the non-spoiler part like i <laughs> appreciate you saving that i always thought i was a critical <laughs> I person didn't think of it till now. spoiler alert renner has crazy fingers <laughs> i didn't think of it before <laughs> i always thought i was a critical person whenever i watched movies i thought like oh i catch all these details and now hearing that, I realize that Danae is pebbles. on a totally different level. Yeah, and the, pe- <laughs> the pebbles and everything. I love watching the scenery of movies like that. I also, um, That's great. whenever she was walking up the stairs for the first time in her dress, and she's got this like really interesting fabric, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't walk upstairs like that when you have a dress like that where it's getting caught in her shoes. Mm-hmm. So dangerous. Yeah, I was looking at the fabric, too. You were looking at her butt. That's what I was looking at. You were looking at her butt. Where everyone else is looking. In fact, like when she comes up out of the pool. That's the most cliched scene from every spy movie. I agree. But I wasn't even looking. I was like, I was looking at this. I was looking at something else. And then I was like, oh, I just missed the iconic scene. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> they kind of emerging try, from they the try swimming pool. Justify it by having her wear the stopwatch. Is like where she's like, "Yep, I couldn't do it. I can't hold my breath." Right, that long. testing the but oxygen. At least it's part of the plot. But they, yeah. like you're trying to use just, the bathing just suit so, scene just so we're clear. This movie was equal opportunity uh, body watching. Like there were lots of angles of on Cruz's muscles sure, and Tom, shirtless Cruz. Like and, when he comes to after he's been captured at the very top of the movie, it's just you know all you know naked torso. And that he's got his arm up above his head and his biceps like I didn't think it was over the, the top at all. And no, I didn't think so. I was I bummed so. that I missed the out of the water thing because I want to be a mermaid. When I yes, I do. <laughs> when I was finally like cluing into it though, I was like, <gasps> she has like a regular body type. That's true as well. And yeah. I also really enjoyed that. Like I thought that she was a beautiful woman shape. It wasn't like she was this you know really like unrealistic shape yeah, the person. Yeah, she was Kate Upton mm-hmm. superhero kind of person. Yeah, it was I, like even it's like a Scarlett Johansson shape yeah. or a Jennifer Lawrence shape. Mm-hmm. I'm just liking that we're kind of seeing that more like confident. I think it's important. And she was very spy built. Like you could tell she she, she should be able up. to do all of, yeah, she got roughed up. I thought she, she was, was able great. to I thought she was so good in this. Oh yeah. She for sure carries it. She's just enough like confused about her environment and a victim, but not playing into any of those roles too strongly. She's yeah. she's just as trapped as everyone else, which is that theme that you were mentioning, that mm-hmm. feeling of being trapped. I also really captured the theme of this being potentially the final one. Let's end on that. Be- mm, no. they're, not, they're already filming the next one. That is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, all, all Mission Impossible movies end like that. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Really? That is a Mission yeah. Impossible thing. Yep. They all end like they that. They all end like it's over. Yep. I don't like I that. thought the last one, four, I was like, okay, the way that they has that, to be it. that has to be it. <laughs> but it's not. Here's a question for but you. But aren't right? we glad? I'm glad yeah. they keep coming back. Yeah. You guys have any more spoilers? Because I got a question. Well, I mean, I have a question about whether or not you think that she's going to be in the next movie. Though. I hope so. I don't you think don't think so? No. Oh, man, that stinks. Yeah, I would I think, hope so. But I hope so. Oh, I hope she is. Because she's she introduced at the end like, you know where to find me. No, like, where IMF. Do you remember like, so he's oh, captured in the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that he's surrounded and there's people kind of on all sides. And it's like, you know this is IMF and she's standing there. So I was like, mm-hmm. Oh cool. She's part of the team now, but maybe the I'm only, wrong. the only <laughs> other thing before your questions that I would say is the very, very end where Alec Baldwin goes back in and says it was all a ruse. We just want to, that Love scene that. was beautiful. It, it just, and it, it, it goes to the way that character shifted in a way that, that a lot of those characters don't. We're actually on team Baldwin now. Like we can tell, yeah. like he's, he's part of the crew now and he earned it. You know, and Jeremy Renner at the very end, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I love. I was like, I just but wanted why? to stand up and just fist pump it like <laughs> Breakfast Club at the end. Yeah. But why did he call him secretary? Because he's the new secretary of IMF. He's the new secretary of IMF. Oh right, okay. I'm getting it now because now he's a secretary, so he can't reveal a secret because he is actually the secretary himself. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> okay. All right. It. What questions did you have? Uh. You've seen how many movies this year? This like, year so far? Yeah, like 50, 60. Uh, boy, what week of the year? We're past halfway, so I've probably seen... I, I could look at my Excel sheet. I Excel where, okay, every Where movie. would you rank this movie compared to others you've seen? Oh, we're getting into Danae's favorite part. Rankings. Oh, that's cool. I'll just Google search <laughs> over here on the side. Um, by the way, I love ranking things. I do, too. He that's loves my, it. Um, oh, you're going to love the new series I'm starting on my channel, then. Yeah, well, you know, ranking invite me in. Ranking my top 100 movies of all time. Each, I do. Each month or each week is going to be, like, 
10 to 91 and 90. Very cool. I do. I update my uh, top 41 movies of all time every year uh, really? at the end of every year. So I have a, I have a spreadsheet. That's I actually fantastic. could look and, and tell you exactly where this movie would I didn't rank. I mean to throw the question on you then. Um, you no, 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 no. I, I think it's in the top 10 uh, of the, you know, 100, 100 or so movies I've seen this year mm-hmm. uh, already. I've only given uh, one A plus this year, which was Inside Out. Oh, really? And, Interesting. And, That's not what I thought uh, it was going to be. And then, like, maybe seven or so A's and A minuses. So, uh, so it would def- So, in that case, it would be my top eight because I gave it an A minus. Okay, you do a, a, a letter grading. I do. Numeric. I do a letter grade, and then I also do a number. Uh, so I can rank better. Okay, yeah, that's what I do. I do numerical. I gave this one like a 7.5. I've seen 11 new movies this year, and it's actually number eight. For as good as the movie was... Uh, it's been a good were, year. Yeah. There's been good stuff. Uh, I have like Age of Ultron and Mad Max as like my number one and two. Those are both up there for me as well. But like out of all... Uh, Ex Machina is up there for me. I don't know if you I got think, a chance to see that. Yes, I did. Here, I have my ranking right here. I have them. As soon as I see a movie, I write it down immediately on my phone. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's you... Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find a picture of his hand. <laughs> Good. Of Jeremy Renner's hand. Right. You can tell he has his phone by the, the electronic noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can <laughs> no, you're it. fine. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's close out the spoiler special. And then let's you and I have a conversation about... Uh, movies of the summer okay even and talk about movies that way and maybe we just do that for our for our bonus this time and uh (laughs) thanks for joining us spoiler alert danae hates rankings and lists oh do you i thought he was like danae really loves i'm like oh good all three of us are on board (laughs) that was sarcasm that was absolute sarcasm i'm sorry yeah thank you for joining us for a spoiler episode of stiff pop we invite you to listen to the live show on fridays at noon on mixler you can find all of the quick links at our website and if you support us on patreon patreon.com slash aaron and danae you will be able to hear uh our top movies of the year so far we'll talk about that and Maybe, Danae, if you don't see it as a list, but you just see it as, here are my favorite movies I've seen this year. See? Then you can just think of it that way. But I don't even remember the movies I've seen this year. I know. They go away so fast. And they replaced (laughs) one by another. Um, I'll I'll just, I'll remind you. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. You really loved Ant-Man. Oh, that was last week. That was last week. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Guys, I found it. Look. Okay, look at his finger. Okay. See see how it just curves like right over into it? There's no definition. Yeah. It's really amplified on the big screen. Anyway. I I would never have seen that. I don't know that I even see it now. I like how you Google searched Jeremy Renner's hands. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish we could end our podcast with, well, that's been podcast. (laughs) Renner fingers. Renner fingers. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for uh, helping us do this. And we'll catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.